Hey, this is Carson, and this is Slow Club Podcast. Thank you all for tuning into this episode. On this episode, I'm going to dive into, is happiness a choice? And so over the long Memorial Day weekend, I had a chance to record, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Okay, so first, I just want to start with a couple things before we get into this question is first I wanted to talk about just what the slow club sort of motto is, <laughs> uh, because I haven't talked about this, I think, in, you know, since kind of the beginning, but uh, really, honestly, like a culmination for my life is, um, you know, I'm going to, I'm a pretty intense person and I really do take what Jesus says very seriously. But as I've journeyed in my life, I've realized that he's wanted me to, actually enjoy life, you know, that, um, you know, I, sometimes I feel like I'm that s- eager student going up to Jesus and being like, okay, Lord, like, what, what's the next thing? Or, okay, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm like the guy, I guess they, they always have characters in movies where there's like the guy who's like way too excited. And that's me a lot, you know, and I, that's why I relate to uh, Apostle Peter so much. Um, is, you know, I get really excited about walking with God and following Jesus and stuff like that. And, and so because that, sometimes I'm a little bit intense and sometimes I'm always looking forward, you know, and I think there's a lot of gifting in that there can be apostolic gifting, there can be prophetic gifting, but it can also lead you down a path that's not super great. So a slow club, you know, kind of the cover image that says slow down and live you know, the whole kind of point behind that is I really felt like I wanted to capture, you know, down. I originally had that statement as slow down and, you know, live with Christ or something like that. But um, I think uh, what's interesting about through my discipleship is if you're someone who's a Christian and you understand kind of what your life is with Christ, then to just rest in slowing your life down and just living your life, you're going to lean into the Lord. You're going to see the Lord in your life, you know? And, um, you know, sometimes from us being in religious context, uh, it can, it can often manifest if you're going to live for Jesus to almost do, um, things that are, you know, I'm going to do great things for God. And obviously we want to do that. We want to serve Jesus. He is our King. He's our Lord. Um, But there's also the challenge of, you know, doing things for God versus with him and, and, and just following as he, he leads in front of us. And so to me, the, even just with slow club and all that, you know, slow down and live, you know, slow down and just live your life, you know, and that doesn't mean live your life apart from God. It's just live, you know, fully live your life slow down and the spirit um, is going to bring things into your life and be somewhat attentive to those things. So I just wanted to say a word about that and just why, you know, I just kind of in life, I'm sure maybe some of you guys have this, but I always seem to have not like a, um, it's not like a working mantra, but I have like a big list of things that I feel like God has repeatedly spoken over my life as my father you know, to like try to uh, mature me and grow me. And one of the things he's totally, you know, told me a gazillion times, either through 
people, his spirit speaking through other people, um, or just, you know, I get this sense in my heart or reading the scripture or whatever it might be, but that is to slow down, slow down my life. Um, you know, we've talked about some of the practices on this podcast, but slow down your life and, and just live, you know, and then watch the Lord. He's going to be working in your midst. Um, and there's, that doesn't mean he's not going to call you to things that are going to be challenging and you're going to have to face things. That's all still totally going to happen, but that you'll be able to understand that in the slowdown. So I wanted to say that first and then to start this conversation about is happiness a choice? Um, I wanted to tell two stories. So one is uh, one of our fellow podcast listeners, a, a member of Slow Club, a subscriber, uh, my friend Alex, um, who uh, you know I just love dearly and gotten to know him more uh, over these past few months. And I was listening to him tell this story, and I just really felt like the Lord was like speaking to me through him um, after he told this. But Alex talked about how he had dealt with some challenging worry in his life and stress. And then there was just one day he just was like, I'm done. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm done being stressed. I'm done being worried. And I've talked to him since then about this. And I remember he, he told a couple of things and he had a line in there that really stuck out to me. And I may have to really have him on the podcast talk more about this because I was like, man, that's really good. Uh, but is he was he was talking about how, you know, when you've done everything that you can do in a situation and then it still goes wrong, like you've done actually your best. You have really worked hard and it all just still falls apart or something crazy happens. Then, you know, you, you just can't worry about that. You know, you can't worry about things you can't control. Like I, you hear that a lot, but I also really like the way Alex was talking about it is that, hey, you've done everything you can do. You've really put your foot forward. And I know for me, I'm often really hard on myself. And so sometimes I'm like, oh, well, I could have done more. You know, I'm like, I could have, I could have put more effort in. I could have thought about that ahead of time, but just don't even go there. But I really like what he was telling that story of like, when you've done your part, and life's still hard and there's a stress and whatnot, then just don't worry about it. Trust God. Trust God that he's taking care of things. And then the other story that I wanted to tell before we get into this is actually about Phil Robertson. So I don't know where you guys are in this, but um, I will say like, you know, whatever your political persuasion or whatever, like I recently just, I heard a short little video from Phil Robertson um, I'm sure you guys know who that is, like a Duck Dynasty guy, all that. And like, I would just say, don't judge a book by its cover. Okay. Like seriously, because I, I, I heard him talk and he was talking about Jesus and I was like, okay, interesting. But he said some stuff that I was like, man, that's like really deep, like really heartfelt. And so I picked up one of his books just cause I was like, you know what, I'm going to check this out. I'm going to try not to judge the book by its cover and all this stuff. And I started reading it and man, like, I don't know if you guys know much about his testimony and how it shaped their whole family and stuff, but it's real. Like it's a legit, like, I mean, serious, you know, testimony of like someone coming to Christ. Um, and you know, there's, there's all kinds in the body of Christ, right? There's, there's people with different, uh, opinions about different things, but you know, we're, we're all one in Christ. And I really believe Phil Robertson's a genuine Christian. Um, and especially the more I read like 
this book and learned about him. But one of the things I've really admired about how I've read into him, and I've encountered this a lot in older men, and I think that's something... I think Phil Robertson may have fought in Vietnam or something like that, but like I've met some older men, my grandfather's one of them that just seem to be able to handle immense amount of stress. Like, I mean, the Robertson family had like a bunch of kids struggle, financial struggles, marriage struggles, like, I mean, just tons of stuff, but they can handle it. Not in the sense that they're just like, Oh, you know, man up, whatever. But they seem to be able to, these, these older guys I've met, they just have a peace about them, like a confidence, an internal strength um, that gets them through things. And, you know, there's different ways of understanding that, but I definitely have seen that in my grandfather. I've seen that actually a lot in my dad recently, especially, and seen that in, um, you know, just as I've read about Phil Robertson. And I've been kind of curious what that is. And I've you know, kind of read more about specifically with Phil Robertson, but is that that sort of vein of these older guys is kind of these sages, you know, um, and even is that I kind of heard this in what Phil was talking about is that, is that, Hey, if you want to find things wrong in your life, you can find them. Right. Like, and this is me distilling down what he said. This is exactly what he said verbatim. But if you want to find something wrong with your life and something to complain about, you will, right? Um, but the challenge is to find the good. You know, my, my mom, I'm sure some of you guys, like if you have family members that go to Hobby Lobby or something, my mom goes, you know, buys those Hobby Lobby signs that are like live, laugh, love, or whatever. And she's got this one. And mom, if you're listening, I love you. Uh, she's got this one that says, find the good. And it's kind of hidden in the house. Like you don't really see it very often until you go in this one area. And every time I see that, it just strikes me. Find the good, you know, find the good. And I absolutely love that. I absolutely love that. And I just think it's, it's profound because it's true. And I think guys like Phil Robertson, my grandfather, other people who have lived a lot of life, and they've had a lot of pain and that in your life, and this comes down to happiness is that you can choose to look at your life in all the bad areas. You can look at what you don't have. You can look at who you aren't. You can, you know, go down the list. The scriptures talk about this endlessly, right? Um, you know, that, that there's these, these worthless things. And even Paul talks about, I've learned to be content in every situation. And why is he content? Because he has Christ. And so when I was reflecting on is happiness a choice, I think it is. I think happiness is a choice. And I was, and then I kind of got on this thing when I was thinking about this, I was like, you know, I'm sure you guys are familiar with like the world happiness index. And I was like, you know, it makes me wonder if in some of these other countries like Finland and Norway that are really, you know, happy countries, <laughs> which kind of goes creepy if you think about it. If y'all ever saw that Spectrum commercial where they come to the door and they're like, you know, do you want to join the bundle? And then the family's like, we all bundle. <laughs> I remember like, I was like, man, that's how it feels sometimes when you're in those neighborhoods. But anyway, <laughs> um, but I just, I think it's interesting, like those countries that have a high happiness index. It makes me wonder 
is that because they just are collectively happier and they're sort of dispositionally turned toward a more gratitude, but it doesn't mean there's not hard things in their society. It doesn't mean that, you know, these different things, it's that they have a different outlook that their, their people look at things differently. And it just makes me think in America, America, we're kind of known for complaining about everything and that can be contagious, right? It can be contagious to only find the bad rather than finding the good. And I think that's fascinating, um, not in the sense that you then ignore the hard things, but that you choose joy and happiness despite all of it. And one strong thing I wanted to push on for you guys listening, um, faithful listeners, um, is that I have heard recently in Christian circles, there's a lot of emphasis on sort of like empathy and sympathy and people's trauma and all those kinds of things. And I totally agree that we should, you know, um, you know, mourn with those who mourn, right? Blessed are those. We should do that. But I also think that our culture right now is in a really dark place. And sometimes that pulling downwards, that, that sort of sadness of depression and just outlook on life. If we adopt that posture and we just say, you know what, that's, that's going to be us. Then I think we miss out on, you know, the joy, the joy of the Lord is our strength, right? That we end up starting to believe some lies about life. We end up kind of wallowing in some of these sad things of life. And then we become materialistic. We become sort of uh, humanistic, really. And then we don't have hope anymore, joy. And then we, that's, I think, where we start to go down this path to where we're just materialistic sort of deist Christians. And we don't really think about the hope we have which is part of what, um, you know, kind of got an archive episode. I did a homily a while back where I talked about, I was like, you know, a lot of Christians now are talking about the kingdom of heaven is now, you know, and I just talked about a second ago, like on this, on, you know, last podcast about connecting with God in your daily life, that the kingdom of heaven is now God is at work. That's all true, but there's something refreshing. And as I read the scriptures, the, the early Christians had a hope of Christ's return and this heavenly place, which gave them strength for the now. And so I think part of our task as Christians in this time we live in is that we would choose happiness and choose joy. We would choose to find the good. We choose to do our best, recognize like the Lord is sovereign. We can't do everything. Um, but in the midst of that, not be overcome with this grief and sadness and brokenness. Um, and that, I think, only happens through a real hope in what is totally unseen. It's a real hope in, in those things which are um, eternal. You know, what is seen as temporary, what is unseen as eternal. And I think that a lot of Christians I've seen... I think are getting sort of sucked into the cultural narrative, which, you know, and to bring back in some of those other countries like Finland and whatnot is like, well, we don't have universal health care. Our minimum wage is low. Our housing crisis are this, like all these things. And those are valid. 
valid reasons to wrestle and to deal with brokenness. But that shouldn't shake our peace, to be honest. Like we, we are in Christ. And actually, when you think about those list of things which are supposed to make us all happier, they're a very materialistic worldview. And they're very, um, you know, a physicality of like, you know, well, if we had health care, we had good wages, we had all these things that people would just be happy. And that's not even true. Like a lot of these countries where they have a high happiness rating um, or, or even countries where they have stable health care, maybe they don't have the highest happiness rating, but and they have different things like they're still horribly depressed and committed suicide and, you know, all this stuff. And so I think we've got to look beyond as Christians into the things that are deeper than just the material world. And how can we invite people in to a different way of seeing life? You know, I look at the life of Christ. He didn't have the bells and whistles of modern life, you know, <laughs> AC, healthcare, like blah, but he has the joy of the Lord. And I, I, I remember the different trips I've taken to places like, you know, Haiti, and I've, and I've met uh, Christians there, or I've met Christians um, that are, you know, here uh, where I work, where they've come in from out of the country, and I'm able to connect with them, and, and they just, they have a joy in their heart, but they don't have masses amount of wealth and stuff and material and, you know, perfect health care and perfect health on themselves, but they, their spirit is enlivened with the Holy Spirit. You know, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And as the spirit dwells in us, we're free. We're free from needing all these material things and money and the, the best this, that, and whatever. And I think uh, there's a lot of Christians that I would warn that you don't get sucked in to materialistic thinking about life. Because we don't live in a dualistic faith, right? Matter is not evil. We're not you know, looking at our bodies with contempt, but the scriptures do talk about that we need new bodies, that our bodies, our flesh is raging against the spirit in our souls, that, that the Holy Spirit in us, in its um, embrace in the Trinity, is, is what is going to save us. It's, a, it's our divine inheritance, not our bodies, and not the things of this world. And I know for me, I've, I've had different health problems and stuff, and it, it's sobering. And so I think as we come to terms with things like death and we come to terms with things like, you know, legacy of life and all that, then our legacy can't be rooted in materialism. And even as a nation, that can't be it. It has to be a way of seeing, a way of understanding life. And I think when you slow down and you just live in that and you learn to be grateful and choose to be grateful for the good, you'll see the Lord's grace in your life. But if you only learn to see the bad, then you'll get angry at God and hate him um, because you think that his grace isn't in your life. But that's because you've only learned to see a certain way. <laughs> you've only learned to see a certain way, and that's often the way of the world. And so, guys, I think happiness is a choice, and I think for all of us it's a challenge that in the midst of our grief that we grieve well, but... We need to respond to the scripture. We need to respond to the invitation of Jesus to rejoice in the Lord always. I say again, rejoice as we see in the scripture that that in the despite of all that, 
we can rejoice knowing that we have peace between us and the Lord and that there is a fulfillment of this heavenly vision to which we get to experience in part here on earth, but we will experience fully. And we want to invite other people into that, you know, and, and I think that's what our world needs. And that's what America needs is a different way of seeing um, in order to embrace what happiness can look like. And that doesn't mean you don't help people at all. It just means you help them see and you help and we love each other as Christ has shown us. So guys, I hope you've enjoyed this reflection and, um, you know, the couple stories I told about things. And, and again, you know, I think seeking out some of these people around us, wise sages, you can see the peace of Christ in them. People who have learned that through the trials of life, you know, I've met so many Christians that are very authentic, authentic people have experienced real life, but they come out on the other side with joy. And those are the people we want to learn from. We want to learn from the people who have joy and who have a testimony of what God has done in their life and in their family's life. And so guys, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. This has been Slow Club Podcast. As always, feel free to contact me at slowoneclub at gmail.com. Would love to hear from you guys. And um, until next time, God bless you guys.